It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast. You join us here in the middle of an intense debate around who have we put as our average scores from 10th to 1st. Let's find out. Okay, we're now into the top 10. Why don't you start, Tommy, for this half? Okay, so P10, I have gone for George Russell. Uh, You've gone for? No, I've the, gone for, the sorry. The scores have this, dictated. The average score uh, is... George Russell, 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, George hasn't had the best of years. Um, I think his him being so low, uh, I was very critical and harsh. I mean, he was harsh on himself in, in Singapore. Uh, I was. I gave him a 1 out of 10 for essentially throwing away what I thought was victory. Uh, you know, that should have been, that was the chance to beat Max Verstappen. He had it there. Uh, and threw it away with a big mistake, uh, and yeah, it was a it was a shame for him. And then maybe got knocked a bit confidence because he had a few difficult races. But he has shown those moments where we have seen the old George Russell, where you know the last race in Abu Dhabi, brilliant, Qatar as well, uh, really really good. And he did start the year quite quite strongly, but. There was that stage in the middle where it really didn't feel like he was getting the most out of the car and Hamilton uh, was just consistently putting in podiums and really good results. And uh, George was like dropping further and further behind in the points. Um, so, yeah, it, it's all very close between these drivers, though. But George's P10 for me. My P10 is Pierre Gasly with an average grade of 6.6. The scores would suggest from our, both of us, that because Gasly is ahead uh, of Ocon, that he outperformed his teammate. We both thought that he was going to struggle at Alpine um, just by going up against Ocon and the rivalry that they have. And, oh, they don't like each other and this, that and the other. And we thought they'd come together a thousand times, but they actually didn't. Um, and Gasly, yeah, he had some some pretty brilliant performances. You know, um, Zanvoort, he had a, he got given a 10 out of 10 there. And... Overall, I think he can be very proud of his performance, especially towards the end of the year from sort of Austin. He's he's been performing uh, very well indeed. And yeah, it does. It's a bit of a shame, obviously, that Alpine weren't really fighting anybody uh, apart from just having just trying to score points towards the end of the year and, and nothing really would change there. But, but yeah, Gasly, I think solid you know, to beat Ocon um, is is no mean feat going into the backyard of where Esty Bestie has been. P9. Pierre Gasly with a 6.7 average grade. This surprised me a lot. Um, and I think, yeah, Gasly's quietly had a, a good season. I think he's shone more than Ocon in a car that's been difficult to show uh, what, you know, what he can do. Um, maybe at the start of the season, 
Uh, Ocon looked the better driver, but after the summer break, you know, uh, the Dutch Grand Prix is the one that stands out. P3 is absolutely you know, amazing. Uh, and then a couple of six places as well. Uh, even in Vegas, he was doing very well in the last two Grand Prix, running in the points, but got screwed a bit uh, by strategy and some bad luck. And yeah, Gasly looks like he's got on top of that Alpine now and looks the stronger driver than Ocon, which is uh, something I didn't predict. Uh, but fair play to him. He's he's definitely uh, done a, a very good job. And yeah, he's P9 for me. P9 for me is Oscar Piastri with an average grade of 6.6. And I think this driver is uh, most susceptible to recency bias, where I'm sure everyone has now put him number one if they were to choose uh, of, of recent times. But Oscar Piastri, I think overall has had a very impressive rookie season. Uh, of course, he's had some standout moments in Silverstone and Qatar, of course, winning the sprint there. Um, and yes, you know, he's he's not any he's not in the top five, but I don't think he did, belongs to be in the top five. He had a slow start. I think he was beating, getting beaten by Lando quite comprehensively, just getting to, uh, to grips with the car and and. Yeah, and then eventually it sort of clicked. And I think Silverstone was the big sort of turning point for him where he was there. And we all kind of expected him to fall away from that fight between Norris and Verstappen, but he didn't. And then he got a little bit unlucky and should have been on the podium. And yeah, since then, he he kind of, yeah, just delivered almost week after week. Qualifying has been really impressive from Oscar. Race pace has been a bit of a factor that he needs to work on uh, going into next year and understanding the tyres and how much you can push on them and, you know, sort of managing the tyre wear a little bit better because I think that's what he's, you know, actively said himself as well. Uh, but still, I think he should be very, very proud of himself, Oscar, because uh, it was a, a brilliant rookie season. P8 for me is Oscar Piastri, 6.7. Like you say, uh, I think I've seen a lot of lists that have put him maybe uh, very high up. Uh, and don't get me wrong, he's had a very good season. He's impressed a lot as a rookie, particularly when we've seen how Daniel Ricciardo did in the McLaren against Lando. And there's a lot of talk of like, oh, you know, is Oscar going to suffer the same fate? And Lando's been the stronger driver, of course, but Oscar's done a very, very good job and some really, really strong moments. I mean, for him to get a sprint win in his first year when... No one really got wins uh, other than Red Bull and particularly Max Verstappen. So uh, incredible performance there uh, in Qatar in the sprint. And then also, you know, once that McLaren got good, he did just get uh, better and better and could match Lando uh, in qualifying a lot of the, a lot of the time. Um, and sometimes in the race pace would drop back a, a little bit. Um, but what a talent. And he's uh, he's got a very bright future ahead of him and has basically shown that McLaren made absolutely the right call to um, go through all that hoo-ha to get him. Hoo-ha, wow. P8 for me is Carlos Sainz uh, with a 6.6 .6 average grade. The only driver that wasn't in a Red Bull uh, to win a race this year. Um, but eighth uh, best for me this season in terms of performances. Um, he's had... A, you know, a few crashes this year. He had the upper hand at times against Charles Leclerc, which was, you know, really impressive. And I think, you know, now that we understand perhaps the direction that the car took, um, it, Ferrari took, sorry, uh, it, it kind of wasn't working in Charles Leclerc's favour. And, and since Japan, it's 
it's really turned around for him. But uh, signs yet, he had a, a great sort of stint. Zanvor, um, Italy, Singapore, he was, he got three back-to-back-to-back tens uh, from me and you as well, Tommy, which, which really thrust his scores up uh, a lot higher. But I think Carlos had a decent season. I think it's kind of where I expect him to be in terms of his relative performance to, to Charles Leclerc. Charles is one of, if not the fastest driver over one lap. And if Carlos can get anywhere near during a Grand Prix weekend, then he's done a really good job. Uh, so I don't think he can be too sad about his his whole season. And to get that win, obviously, is going to mean a lot to him. And and yeah, that's a, that's an achievement that nobody else can say that wasn't in the Red Bull camp. P7 for me is Carlos Sainz with a 6.9. Carlos has had a strange season because if you look at our mid-season driver ratings, he was down in about 12th, I think, for, for us and was quite quite low down um but like you say he went on that absolutely goated run after we did our interview with him um and got three <laughs> tens three tens in a row the p1 curse that normally happens he saw our mid-season driver ratings and went i want to be higher yeah. 10 10 10 yeah which is crazy and then he's been a lot more um consistent but maybe went back to being a bit slower than than Charles, but still uh you know pretty pretty close to him uh so i think yeah it's a a fair reflection on his season but of course even though he dropped down in that battle to fourth at the end uh you're absolutely taking a win all day uh, every day and he was the only driver that that could do that uh, and singapore in particular uh we just have to as we're reflecting on the season commend that drive because he was so smart what he did to tow Lando along uh, to to stop the quick Mercedes from catching him. Uh, it was a brilliant drive and a well-deserved win. So, yeah, overall, uh, I think a, a good season for, for Carlos. P7, George Russell with an average grade of seven from me. And um, no, apparently I am a George Russell fanboy. I'll put my hands up and say that I think he's too high. Uh, I think I backed him a lot harder than you did uh, after Singapore. I gave him a four, you gave him a one. Uh, you know, you can judge it how you like on that one. Um, but yeah, he he got... He, to be fair, he's only had one 10 from me the entire year. But I think I've just kind of averaged him just a little bit higher and he's he's come out the other side of this sort of gaggle of, of drivers. Um, but yeah, I, it's not been a great season for George. I think if I was to change, like move him, I'd probably put him... P9 on my list, I imagine, uh, above uh, Gasly, but below Piastri and Sainz. Um, but look, he had moments for sure. Uh, of course, you know, Australia was, was was one of them. He scored quite a few nines from me as well. Um, and obviously finishing the season off really strong as well in, in Abu Dhabi. Uh, I, I think this might have been just a blip of a season for him, because if you look at the season before that, you know, he outscored Hamilton. Of course, Hamilton didn't have the, the best of luck at times. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, how many t- points did he finish away in the end? So he finished eighth in the standings, 25 points behind Carlos. So uh, he was a little bit behind that battle for fourth. Um, but I still think he's got the talent and uh, he- he'll get there for sure. Definitely. P6 for me is Alex Albon with a score of seven out of 10 average score. Of course, he's had a, a brilliant year. Uh, the Williams is now a much better car where you can actually show something there and I think Alex delivered um with a car that 
yeah, can finally, like Williams could actually show what they could do. Uh, Canada was the standout, uh, you know, brilliant drive there. Also Monza, where we know that Williams are always good at. But Alex was, you know, consistently good. He got a lot of points uh, for Williams, obviously, like all the points. To finish 13th in the championship, of course, I, at the start of the season, thought Williams would be the worst car by a mile and he'd finish way down the order but no he got a lot of points um he's a very hard driver to judge because of course his teammate uh hasn't scored many points is a rookie uh, and with that always comes uh challenges of how good that car actually is um if there was a different driver in it but uh, Alex can be very very proud of his season I know some people have put him really high up some others like only just in the top 10 he's a very hard driver to grade but uh, I don't think you can deny that he's had a, a very, very good season. And I'm really, really pleased for him that he's turned turned his career around. It has to be said, you know, he's one, one of, uh, he's now become a very highly rated driver after essentially being embarrassed by Verstappen. And now he's, he's turned his whole career around. It's really good to see. P6 for me is Charles Leclerc. With a 7.1 average grade. Who's the real Charles Leclerc fanboy on this podcast? <laughs> we are about to question that. Uh, Charles had a pretty decent season, uh, especially, as I mentioned, sort of after Japan. He's been brilliant almost every weekend. And, yeah, uh, you know, he's made the odd error here and there. But, like, realistically, he's been pushing that car to try and get it to a level that it doesn't belong. That's not, it wasn't the 2022 Ferrari at the start of that year. That was a car that was goated and uh, I thought they were going to win the championship. This year, it's been a bit bit more of a struggle. They've been obviously great in qualifying and Leclerc has tried to thrust that car as high as, it, as he possibly can in the race. I think he's had five poles this year. Um, so none of them converted, but we don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about the poles because, you know, he's, he is unbelievable over one lap. And do I think... He is the sixth best driver this year. I'd maybe put him one higher, but that's recency bias. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by Tennis Channel Plus. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. 
Daily live coverage begins Monday, May the 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. P5 for me is Charles Leclerc with a 7.3. Yeah, there's been moments where maybe come into question whether he's having a particularly good year, but I think overall uh, he's been very, very good, and particularly at the end of the season uh, after that blip that he had where there was all this talk of like, oh, Carlos has suddenly become the GOAT and and Charles was maybe struggling a bit and, of course, had had the odd uh, mistake as well. And then he's just been brilliant towards the end of the season, a really strong end to the season. Uh, and, yeah, for for all the the banter about uh, his his poll to to win ratio because it's gone on very long now, it's just him putting that car because he's unbelievable over one lap and Ferrari, are just uh, a less extreme version of Haas where essentially they can qualify really well but then just don't have uh, any race pace and cook the tires. Uh, but we know how good uh, Charles Leclerc can be and. I think, yeah, he's had a he's had a a very good, well, a good year, I'd say. Maybe not very, very good, but he's he's shown that he is one of the the top drivers, definitely. P five for me, Alex Albon. What a season this man has had! You go back a few years, and when he was kicked out of Red Bull, you're wondering how on earth is he going to be able to turn his career around? But he did ex- exactly the right thing of going to Williams and. Eventually, some team will snap him up, especially after this year. He's got a lot more experience under his belt and he's been carrying that team. He's been a team leader for Williams um, and also, yeah, being able to deliver seventh in the, the, the team's championship, the constructor championship for them is, is, is hugely beneficial. I'm sure James Fowles will be taking him out for dinner and, and all sorts, you know, because Logan scored one point. Um, so Alex just... I really hope when he eventually gets that call up to a top team that he doesn't just kind of crumble like he did when he went to Red Bull and that expectation. Because, of course, it is, as a XF1 driver myself, it's a lot easier to drive for a worse team and perform really well occasionally than it is to drive at a great team and have to deliver great performances every single week where you're under the spotlight. That is something that we have to obviously take into account when we move forward. But of this season... Uh, Alex has done a brilliant job and, and the average score reflects that. P4, it's Lando Norris with 7.5 out of 10. Lando, of course, has been, I'd say, probably one of the stars of the, the season, uh, particularly after Austria when they got the upgrades. Um, you know, you look at, uh, I think this is maybe why he's fourth, because a lot of people will no doubt have said second or whatever, but the start of the season, McLaren weren't really there. It was hard for him to show what he could do, but as soon as that car was there, boy, did he deliver. Um, you know, as soon as the the McLaren was upgraded, I gave him three straight tens in a row for Austria, Silverstone, and Hungary. And then he was just bagging podiums all the time, uh, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, a really good season for Lando. 
I think, uh, if I'm not wrong, he's finished second five ti- uh, six times this season, which is painful because, of course, uh, still doesn't have that first win yet, but he's finished second six times in a season where Max basically won uh, everything. But it's a fantastic year, and it just showed, like, Lando just showed that he is absolutely, like, future... You can say future world champion worthy, even though he's not won a race yet. I don't think that's an like fair thing to say because he's he's got what it takes, hundred percent. P four for me, Lewis Hamilton with a seven point three average grade. And I think after the mid season review, the top three felt like they were untouchable. Uh, but Hamilton has moved down to fourth for me uh, after the whole season. And interestingly, I look at both of us. And we have not given him one ten the entire year. Neither of us. A lot of nines, a lot of very consistent, great performances, which has obviously got him as high as he has uh, on this, on this, uh, on our charts, on our average grades. Um, but I did find that quite interesting to to mention. Um, that being said, uh, he's had one outlier, which was Qatar, which of course uh, we don't need to go into, as we know exactly what happened there. The rest he's scored a few sixes, and then the rest are seven eights and nines, and it's been a very consistent performance uh, for Hamilton over the course of the year. A bit of a flop towards the end um, in Brazil and, and Abu Dhabi and and, and struggling in qualifying uh, especially, but uh, give him a good car and Hamilton will perform. And I just hope next year that Mercedes sort, that sort it out. Like they're kind of, I, I know we speak about Russell going under the radar, but I feel like Mercedes are going under the radar of not figuring out their car yet. Like, come on. Hamilton doesn't have another 10 years to uh, to win another title and I'd love to see him take on Verstappen and Leclerc and Norris and whoever it might be. Let's have a let's have a 20 way fight for the title please. Um but yeah, Hamilton for me uh, is fourth. Third for me is Lewis Hamilton with 7.5 out of 10 average score. He actually beat Lando by one single point uh, when it's totaled together. The average was obviously the same, but it worked out that it was like one point. That's why he's ahead of Lando. Uh, so incredibly... When you had K-Mag earlier, you had K-Mag tying with someone and you said they had, he had a, be- a better seven out of because ten. Because it's got exactly oh, the same points. But Oh, uh, did but, they? oh but, right, but so but then like, you went back. Yeah, back. yeah, so points, gotcha. points I've done uh, where because he's actually got a better score, even though the average sounds like it's the same, but it's not like he's done better. Isn't it crazy that Hamilton has... Uh, finished ahead of of you, uh, the Nor- uh, finished ahead of you, finished ahead of Norris, and you've given Norris five ten out of tens this year. It's crazy, isn't it? Uh, and it's funny you mentioned about Hamilton that we've not given him a ten. Maybe that is the fact that you know he's won so many titles, so many races, and even when he puts that Mercedes into P two, because we're so used to him winning, maybe there's that little bit of oh, you can't give Hamilton a 10 for not winning a race. Like, he's Lewis Hamilton. Um, maybe that that's something that goes uh, against him. But So what we're saying is we should have maybe given him a few 10s. Maybe. Uh, but, but I think, but, but to be fair, I think Hamilton's strongest asset, and it's quite clear this year, you take Qatar out of the, the mix and he's probably finishing you know easily, th- comfortably third because that's a result that's knocked him way down, is his consistency. The fact that he's managed to finish third in the title, even you know, challenging Perez at one point, and it would have been a lot closer without that disqualification in in America. Um, he just went on a fantastic run of just bagging points um, 
and podiums and and things like that uh and you know we we need to see hamilton back at the front which is a mad thing to say because he dominated for so long uh and it always happens in formula one uh you'll say it's absolutely crazy but say Max Verstappen doesn't win another race for two years, we'll be saying exactly the same thing, which is absolutely mad to think about now, but it will be the same where you want the great drivers at the front of the field. You want them to be battling for wins. And I can't believe it's now been two seasons where Hamilton's not got that win, but he still had a fantastic season, probably quite underrated. I think maybe there'll be a few people that are surprised that he's third on my list, but uh, I think he's had a, a very, very good season indeed and showed that, you know, he can, over a championship be incredibly consistent bag the points that he needs even when the car's not there uh and yeah it's been a it's been a good season from hamilton definitely third for me lando norris with a 7.6 average score lando this year has thrust himself into the equation of a potential world champion i think he's gone into that sort of top echelon of discussions just purely because he has proved time and time again that he can deliver when the car is there uh, he has made mistakes don't get me wrong and i'm sure recency bias will you know a lot of people will be like yeah he's made a lot of mistakes in qualifying and i completely note that but he's also pushed that mclaren team forward um and yeah it's it's been a, a brilliant season i've given him six 10 out of 10s um, but it also shows that because he's not even he he hasn't finished second that there was a slower start to the year uh, for Norris. I mean, if you I think if we just did from the um, summer break afterwards, he'd he'd be finishing second. Uh, but yeah, Lando, very very good. Uh, I can't wait to see what he can do next year. I'm really hopeful for McLaren as a whole next year, and um, I want to see that win. He needs that win, and I know that there's a few people that hold it against him. Go, oh, we can't be in that. He can't be in that top remit because he hasn't won a race. Jog on is all I'll say to that because it's absolutely ridiculous. He's shown many times this year that that he has got what it takes. And I think you said, Tommy, dude, if it wasn't for Max Verstappen, <laughs> he'd be a multiple race winner. He's not won a race in a season where no one else has won a race. How dare he? <laughs> <laughs> P2 is Fernando Alonso with an average of 7.8. Uh, Fernando just... I mean, his start to the year was absolutely unbelievable. Six podiums in the first eight races. Uh, you know, the Aston was good, no doubt, but Fernando just had an unbelievable level of consistency when uh, the Aston was good. And then, of course, it dropped off a bit. Uh, they weren't quite the same car, but even then he was still scoring solid points finishes. Uh, I'd actually maybe even argue that... Uh, the standout for me was the Dutch Grand Prix where in wet conditions, uh, when that Aston was not very good, uh, and not, not a great car. He just showed what he could do. It still showed that he was, you know, one of the best there is, um, with a P2, absolutely amazing, like on the back of Max at the end. And then somehow got another podium in Brazil. Yeah. It's been a great year for Fernando. I'm still absolutely gutted that he didn't get that win. Cause I'd have loved to have seen it. Um, but if you'd have told me at the start of the season, even though I predicted that right at the last minute that I think his Aston move might actually be for the better, I could have never predicted that he'd end up with like eight podium finishes and finish fourth in the world title. Like fair play. The man has still, still got it hundred percent. And I just hope the Aston is even better next year, but I'm not holding out much hope. 
when the cost cap hits, Tommy, yes. we'll see how much they've spent <laughs> for this year. Uh, for P2, Fernando Alonso with a 7.7 average score. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I was just looking through the scores and it just shows how important, obviously, consistency is when it comes to these overall driver ratings because Alonso has the same amount of 10 out of 10s as Carlos signs for me. Uh, and you can see just how different they are in terms of the uh, the leaderboard. But Alonso was so good, as you say, at the start of the year. I, I graded him 9, 9, 8, 9, 10, 9. It, it, and then a few more 10s, obviously, later on in the year as well. The Aston fell off, which was such a shame. I would have loved to have seen a full season of Fernando Alonso right at the front fighting Max Verstappen. Uh, but he he almost delivered every single week without fail. I think there's a few moments, obviously Singapore being one of them, Mexico being another. Uh, but apart from that, I mean, just stunning. Stunning to watch Fernando Alonso do what he does best. And the racecraft he showed in Brazil is some of the greatest I've ever seen. Uh, just the, the master was at work that day, and uh, it was great to watch. P1... Start playing the Dutch national anthem now. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Who could it be? Uh, is, of course, Max Verstappen with a pathetic average of just 9.7 out of 10 over a 22 race season. It is. You, you mentioned, uh, I saw a lot of people replying to a tweet I did about it's the greatest season there's ever been by a driver. And of course, the Twitter worries will always try and discredit things and stuff but i think if you're discrediting max's season you're equal you, you you know if you're a hamilton fan or you think schumacher's the best or whatever and you're discrediting max's season you're discrediting your favorite drivers because they haven't been able to do what max has done in a dominant car so if you're insulting max you're insulting them as well because it's just diminishing their achievements as well which is completely unfair um his season has been unbelievable uh i found essentially a, a bunch of stats that he's broken so obviously we all know that he's broken the win record win percentage which is 86.3 which is absolutely bonkers which beats the scaris record from 1952 consecutive wins that he got of course uh, most podiums he's now scored the most points scored in consecutive races which is 1004 which beats Hamilton's record between 2018 and 2020. He's got the most points in a season this year. He's got the percentage of points in a season, which is 92.7% of all points you could possibly get he got this season, which shows that even in sprints and fastest laps and everything and sprint, yeah, sprints, wins, all that kind of stuff, he's done that as well. Uh, percentage of laps led, he's broken Jim Clark's record from 1963. Uh, wins from pole, broken Nigel Mansell's record from 92 races left winning the title only equaled Michael Schumacher's record from 2002 which I'm sure you'll be pleased my about my guy uh, he's now much to everyone's uh, disgust has been championship leader for 39 races in a row now which beats Schumacher's record uh it, the last time someone else led was Spain 2022 not sure who that was uh biggest gap to second <laughs> in the championship Excuse me? Uh, 290 points beating from 2013. Uh, percentage of points between first and second, 50%, which beats Nigel Mansell's record from 92. And he's now also got the longest streak of converting poles to win, which is 16. Um, it's just the best season ever. And I don't know how you can dispute it. 
There we go. My God, you came prepared for that one, I didn't did. you? Jesus. Well, I know, uh, I know, I couldn't just do the. Well, what more is there to say? <laughs> what more can you say? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I like that a lot. My P one drum roll again is Max Verstappen with an average score of nine point six. Oh, washed, completely washed. Um, <laughs> I am a Schumacher fanboy through and through, and yet this season was the most incredible thing I've ever seen from a driver. The consistency, the perfection that he showed on almost every single Grand Prix weekend is, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, I don't think we'll see this again. Max, of course, had a car that worked really well to his liking, but his teammate wasn't finishing second every time. We know it's not an easy th car to drive. Okay, it might be suited to his driving style. It doesn't win the race for him. It doesn't win 19 out of 22 races in a Grand Prix season. That's never happened before. If you're slandering Max Verstappen because you are Team LH or Team whoever you might be, just, just check yourself for a second because they've probably had a dominant season as well. They've had several dominant seasons if they're Lewis Hamilton. Just put some respect on his name. We're not saying that Lewis Hamilton isn't a great champion or a great winner or a great statistical goat. No, he, he's done his job those many years ago. Max is doing the job right now and we have to appreciate that because if we don't, it's just doing him a disservice, to be honest with you. And he'll play it down. Yeah, whatever. We'll go for the next win. But he knows deep down what he's done as well. And uh, thoroughly, thoroughly impressive. I hope we never see it again because I want competitiveness at the front. Uh, but it has happened and we have to respect it. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. Let's go to the non-full-time drivers then because there's uh, a couple of them. Liam Lawson, I went for a 7.8. I say I went. The average score was 7.8 from five races. I thought he was really good. Really impressive was Liam Lawson, especially coming out of the blocks, being picked up out of nowhere, all right, stop doing Super Formula or whatever it was called, come and do Formula One, and he has proven in those five races that he deserves a full-time Formula One seat, and if he is not on the grid in 2025, it is an absolute disaster. Yeah, Liam Lawson got a 7.6 from me from the five-race average. Uh, which <laughs> which is... actually, if we'd included, yeah, Liam Lawson would have been second on the list for for me and third on the list for you yeah which is insane uh of course it's skewed quite a lot that he's done very little races but he delivered in those races you know qatar qatar we gave him quite a low grade because he had a bit of a mare which was a shame to end his season on that but he got into that car in probably the most difficult race he could have imagined at the dutch grand prix uh delivered a brilliant result and then ended up you know scoring uh, some points in, in Singapore, which was an incredibly tough race as well. So yeah, Liam did a fantastic job. Well done, Liam. And then finally, Daniel Ricciardo, who's got an average score of 6.4 from me from seven races. Daniel Rick's done a good job. He's had um, a couple of meh weekends and he's had a couple of really good weekends. And I'm hopeful for next year that Danny Rick can can really get on top of the car and, and continue to to grow and perform. I think Lawson definitely deserved to have the rest of the season, but that's the way the cookie crumbles, and he he, he filled in uh, for the reasons that we know. So Danny Rick, I hope that his wrist is okay. He'll never say that his wrist isn't okay, but I hope that he'll be fully fighting fit next year and and uh, 
yeah, I, I, I want to see him perform well. Uh, I don't think he should or would will be going to Red Bull anytime soon, but uh, let's see. Let's see how it all unfolds. I had 6.7 average from seven races for Daniel Ricciardo. Tough to, tough to kind of rate his season because sometimes, you know, he had some incredible races and then sometimes looked a bit uh, average. But I think that was just from the fact that his comeback was very stop-start. You know, to come back, then get injured, then come back again. It's not the smoothest transition. Of course, he hadn't been in a Formula One car for a long time either when he he jumped back in. So, uh, looking forward to next year. Uh, and I think we'll get a better indication of just how good Daniel Ricciardo is when when he has a, a full season under his belt. Lovely stuff. And that is it. Thank you, everybody, one and all, for coming to this big old chat around uh, the drivers and how we rated them from worst to best and their average grades. Let us know your thoughts. I'm sure you have already. And uh, I hope you have enjoyed this series. If you have, please let us know in the comments. And uh, leave a like as well. That would be amazing. And subscribe if you haven't already, because there's lots more content coming over the course of this of, of December. And then, of course, going into next year as well in the new season. Tommy, what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts are thank you so much for agreeing with every single order of my list. Um, but joking aside, yeah, uh, it's been fun to reminisce about the season not been the greatest season uh, of all, but we'll have a lot more review content because there is a lot to talk about and we love waffling about Formula One even though there's no Formula One for 96 days now. Stop reminding us, Tommy. And on that note, we'll see you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. P1 is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.